Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We took a little break for the 4th of July because it's vacation. <laughs> everybody needs a vacation, which is uh, something... Yes, yeah, something that we can do to mitigate stress, which is what we're going to talk about today is uh, stress management. Vacations are one of the ways you can manage stress, and it was much needed for me. I don't know about you, Lauren, but... Yeah, it was needed on my end, too, for sure. So we're going to do things a little bit differently. We've kind of overhauled our our plan a little bit, and we're going to kind of be really structured going forward. And so this episode is about stress management. The things that you're going to want to take away from this are different types of stress that um, different ways that stress can present itself in case you don't notice the ways that it's presenting in you. And the goal to improving anything is to notice it happening first. And then uh, things that it looks like for us to help maybe help you guys notice what it may be looking like for you if you see like a firsthand example of things that we go through when we're stressed and then we're also going to talk about the number one thing that we each do to manage our stress and then some other tools as well after that so first things first what are some of the different types of stress Lauren So there is psychological stress, which includes emotional and cognitive stress. Then there's behavioral stress, uh, psychosocial stress, spiritual stress, psychological stress, social stress. But like you said, we're going to focus on the psychological stress today. Mm -hmm. Which is that emotional, that mindful, cognitive, that stuff that goes on in your brain. And I know when we were doing some research for this episode, I was like, I didn't know that there were all these different kinds of stress, like psychosocial stress. That just, that means like what's going on in your brain based on social situations, like, you know, kind of like social anxiety. Spiritual stress, I would never have been like, yeah, spiritual stress is a, that's a type of stress. But after reading that, I'm like, heck yeah, there's spiritual stress. I know several people who go through like crises about religion and and feeling um balanced with their spirit and so it's just it's really cool to that's bad that there's all those types of stress but it's cool to see that there are so many different names for those types of things that you're going through yeah it's really interesting and I feel like I've kind of um exposed myself to not necessarily myself going through that and feeling it, but I've exposed myself to a wide variety of people in my life, and I've been able to see what all those different stresses may look like in somebody's life, and it's been very interesting. Yeah, and like that's kind of the um, theme that I've been saying so far about noticing. I, until I saw those things, didn't notice that... Um, those were types of stress in other people's lives. But once I started looking into it and having names for it, then I could think back and be like, oh, yeah, I've definitely, I know that person who is going through that. And that's, that was clearly stressful, but at the time didn't know that that was spiritual stress or didn't know that that was psychosocial stress. So, yeah, it's the education behind it, right? Mm-hmm. So psychological stress, we're going to move on to that. What does in general what can that appear as? So emotional stress can appear as resentments, fears, 
frustration, sadness, anger, grief, or uh, bereavement. And I would say uh, just a large prolonged period of time of having those. Cognitive stress can be information overload, accelerated sense of time, worry, guilt, shame, jealousy, resistance, attachments, self-criticism, self-loathing, unworkable perfectionism, anxiety, panic attacks, not feeling like yourself, not feeling like things are real, a sense of being out of control slash not being in control, and then a perceptual stress are uh, beliefs, roles, stories, attitudes, worldviews, you can have anxious thoughts, uh, fearful anticipation, poor concentration, difficulty with memory, feelings of tension, irritability, restlessness, worries, inability to relax, and finally, depression. Um, and I, again, really, these are, we're talking about more long-term feelings of going through some of these. You know, everybody, I feel like, experiences at least one of these throughout their life but maybe even like once a day yeah (laughs) but it's just the consistency and prolongedness of dealing with these that really can become a problem right and like I want to emphasize too that a lot of these things and maybe you should go back and listen to that or maybe even Lauren we should like put this on our website uh, for this episode as like in the show notes so that you can kind of look at these things because they're really important to notice and pick out which ones of those things that you do because once you notice the things that you do then it can be way easier to recognize them target them and change them um and like work on them and so a lot of these things overlap with depression and anxiety um they overlap with like negative self-beliefs and things like that and it's those things that cause emotional stress so they are completely intertwined um and i think that's just like really important to note so for me some of the things that stand out that I do I mean honestly like all of them if you go back and listen to that holistic and I'm pretty sure I have I've gone through all of them for an extended period of time I know that pre-vacation and even during the vacation I was under an intense amount of stress I'm still under an intense amount of stress today has been a good day how about you Lauren Today has been a good day. I have had a better week so far this week than I have the past couple of weeks, which has been a nice break, but I think that's because I've really worked on mentally shifting myself. Yeah, we've used these stress management tools. I know like everything that we're about to get into in the next couple minutes about what stress looks like for us and then how we target those things. I've used, it's really honestly a lot of work, um, but I'm feeling a lot better today. And so I'm going to kind of put my myself back where I was a couple of days ago, which was just not in a good place. Lauren and I were on the phone, just we were going to do podcast and then we were just too stressed to do the podcast. So um, for me, fears and sadness tend to happen a lot. And then I just kind of sink into them and I can't get out of them. I do a lot of self-criticism, a lot of social anxiety, 
um, anxious thoughts. And I noticed over this past weekend, I was at Faster Horses, and my stress kind of came out as irritability, and I wasn't really a fan of that. <laughs> so I really needed to to do some things for myself when I got back, which I did yesterday. And so I think that's what's leading to my day today being a bit better. Um, what about you? Anything in, in that list there, Lauren, stick out to you as something that you um, tend to feel a lot when you're stressed? Yeah, I. it's really hard for me to focus on one task. I become very jumpy. Mm -hmm. And I jump back and forth between all the different things that are stressing me out. And I'm very much so a person who is a problem solver. Like I want to problem solve and I just want to fix it so I can make it go away. And when I have multiple different issues happening, I go into a fix it mode. And it can be very overwhelming to my brain to just kind of keep hopping between different problems or... I become fixated on one specific thing. So, you know, I'm struggling with um, some things in my career right now, and I've become very fixated on how to fix it. And I haven't really allowed myself to mentally break free from that. And I think that's been a really tough point for me not allowing myself to break out of that but I would also say um so like poor concentration that sounds a lot like poor concentration to me yeah I <laughs> no, I do I have poor concentration. and restlessness yeah for sure and I think some of it has to do with my ADHD as well but that's for another episode um I also have a lot of physical symptoms that happen for me when I have prolonged stress I get headaches and my muscular pain is out of this world. I tense up my shoulders and my neck and my back muscles really, really badly. And I like I can't even describe to you the pain that is just caused from, like from tensing up my muscles and then inadvertently I get terrible headaches because of all of it. So I get tension and stress headaches as a lot of people call them. So I would say that is really I get those a too. big one. Yeah, a big one for me. And then I don't know if you have this one, um, but I notice when I'm really stressed, I malnourish myself, and it's not on purpose. Like, I accidentally do it. I'll realize at 8 p.m. at night that I haven't eaten at all, or if I have, it's been junk. Yeah, that's absolutely number two on my list. That like this one of the hugest things that happens to me when I get stressed is that I don't get hungry like I just don't Mm -hmm. like I my hunger cues my brain does not recognize them anymore and because it's so focused in other places I forget to feed myself I don't feel hungry and then when I do eat my body's all messed up and then I get like really bloated and gassy (laughs) it's great yep TMI right (laughs) I don't really necessarily get the bloating and gassy that I know of, but yeah, I definitely, I'll, I'll say malnourished because I, I definitely agree and I can relate to the not receiving or ignoring of signals that I'm hungry, 
But sometimes I do listen to them, and I'll just shove the closest thing into my mouth, and I'll realize that I haven't had any actual sustenance. And once I eat something with, you know, protein and, you know, good calories and drink water and have, like, a salad or something with vegetables... Then I start to feel a little bit better. Yeah, all of the macronutrients. If you're just eating one macronutrient, then you're depriving your body of essential nutrients. <laughs> you gotta right. have like exactly. more than just carbs. You've gotta have fats, proteins, and carbs in there. Yeah. Um, which I don't. I don't even. I just don't even eat. I'm just like, oh, I'm just gonna lay in bed and not eat anything. So <laughs> that happens to me too. I have both. I have both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. So. A lot of those, like that list that we went through, those are like every possible symptom that you could probably experience if you're undergoing emotional stress and what it, how it could come out, um, like that we could find to, to list for you. So definitely take a look at that and see if any of those things that you're doing. And then also if they're like, these are the ones that Lauren and I are going through are kind of like related to that list, but they're our own personal way that it presents Based that like anxiety is on there or a panic attack is on there on that list, but um, having that in the way that we experience it, it could be different than like what that one word looks like. So for me, I can't think or focus, and so that I mean would fall under poor concentration. But I feel like a fucking zombie <laughs> when I'm stressed. I I don't know if any of you listening can relate or not, but when I am under a lot of stress it presents itself as a zombie I'm a zombie imagine me walking around like just zoned out staring and like moving one foot in front of the other and I don't even know what's going on um I can't focus on a conversation people will talk to me and I will just like not be there and it's really bad and when I notice that happening uh I'm like okay we need to reset now because this isn't good um, and then that kind of ties into I get very exhausted mentally and physically, which is why I kind of end up feeling like a zombie. <laughs> um, and then I feel very, very overwhelmed because I'm so exhausted and everything feels too difficult to do. Like I just, I'm like, I can't do anything at all. I, everything feels too hard. Even just eating, even just eating feels too hard and I don't want to get out of bed. I don't do basic tasks, like I don't shower, I don't exercise. Um, my self-criticism that my therapist calls it my itty-bitty shitty committee in my head gets way worse than usual. You're laughing at me. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, I think it's hilarious. It's a hilarious way to describe the shit that uh, you say yourself in your head. It makes it personifies it a little bit. It's a committee. Okay. I'm <laughs> And then um, some other, like, ones as I was thinking about this that I didn't even really notice happened until I really sat down to do this episode um, is that I don't feel like things are real. Do, does that ever happen to you? You're just like, life feels wrong. I don't know that I necessarily question the realness of life. For me, I would say I have... I might experience a similar thing, but for me, it's when I get really depressed 
And my question in my head is, what even is life? Yeah, exactly. And I like, what's the I'm point? Like, am I just in a movie? What's the point of life? Why am I here? I I think yours is more so when I'm hearing you say it is, am I in a movie? Like, is this even real? And I don't know that I've necessarily had that type of questioning before because I've had other people describe it to me. And I've had other people tell me that they've experienced it, but I really don't think that I have. Mm-hmm. I've more so experienced the what even is life? Why are we here? Why am I doing this? What is money? What is this? What is that? Like, I more so question just society that we have created as a whole. And that's when I get really depressed and I'm just questioning life and why I'm here. Yeah. And so, if you're feeling those things, it could be stress. It could be depression and it could be stress. But don't rule out the fact that it may be stress that's causing you to, like, feel those things. And for me, it's a combination of of that where I'm like, what is the point? And then when I get to that point, like, what is the point? Then I just kind of feel like I'm floating and I'm like, there's no point. And I just, like, nothing feels real. I'm in this, like, weird limbo of non-existent reality. Um... And then, like, nothing brings me joy. And that's also a symptom of depression. But, again, it could be depression. It could be stress. It could be anxiety. Um, These things tend to present in similar ways. They do. I would definitely say that when I get anxious or I get really stressed out, I go through that as well. I just notice it at the tail end of when I've reached peak anxiety and stress levels and I start to fall down the depression sadness slope yeah so like what this is where we're gonna get into that number one thing like where what do you do when you feel like that what is the number one thing that you sat down and realized this is what I need to do to manage my freaking stress that's a really great question. So for me, and I'm just going to put this on the record, we've talked about this a little bit already, um, and I didn't necessarily think that this was a out-of-the-box <laughs> idea, but Sophia told me it was, so I'll share it. I devise an escape plan. I devise a plan that will get me out of the current situation that I'm in. Because when I reach that peak anxiety stress level and it's been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and I just I don't see a way out I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this I feel like it's just going to be my life for the rest of eternity (sighs) I have to bring myself back down and almost ground myself and reassure myself that this is not going to be the rest of my life it's just a moment in time and how can I help myself out of it? So step one is, you know, just thinking of different possibilities of escape. So for example, um, I'll give a real life example that I'm going through right now is my career. And I realized when I was graduating school that my career isn't exactly the path that I wanted to go down um school-wise but with COVID and everything I was basically forced into going into my said career path 
And I don't hate it. Like, it isn't the worst thing in the world, but it doesn't make me my happiest, highest being self at the end of the day. So since COVID, I've really had to rework the plan of how am I going to get out of this and make myself the happiest that I can be and I know I can be. So I've had to think about different ideas of ways I could provide myself income um, to be able to make a living. And um, at some points, I've also just had to simply like walk away and you know, take a vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Take vacations, which I'm thankful, you know, my current company provides that for me. Um, I would also say, you know, this kind of goes along with escaping, but distancing yourself from the stress. And I've had vet sessions with Sophia about this, where I just, I'm so frustrated that we kind of live in a society where I don't feel like we can truly distance ourselves for prolonged periods of times with certain things. For example, work. Like, I can't just go away for a month. That just is not going to work. But I wish I could. Um, So trying to figure out a way that I can distance myself from the stress while also still, you know, maintaining just to kind of get by has definitely been a key part of my um, management. And then Sophia also said this one was really important and I guess other people don't necessarily experience this in the same way, but for me, I'm really good at knowing when something is not right for me and knowing that I need to walk away. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to identify when something isn't working for you or it's not right for you and knowing that you need to walk away, like you don't have to walk away right away, but just knowing that it's not right for you and being able to devise a plan Mm -hmm. to walk away is really, really, really important and can help save you. Yeah. And that's what I've been reiterating this entire episode so far is that noticing, noticing is the most important mm-hmm. thing. Know when something is not right for you. Really take time to reflect on what is right for you and what is causing you to feel unhappy. Um, I agree. For me, the number one thing that I do to manage my stress, I had a, it was kind of hard to pick just one thing, but it, I, when I really sat down and thought about Like, if I had to only use one tool, what would it be? It's forcing myself back into my balance. And that it's, like, the basic activities, like, that I said that I don't do when I'm stressed. For example, showering, exercising, eating enough, sleeping enough. Um, Those sound like such simple tasks. But when you're stressed, or at least when I'm stressed, and I know that it happens to other people as well because – Um, we came across everything saying that when we were doing our research, um, that you don't do those things. We don't do those things. We don't take care of those very basic things that we need to maintain our balance. Um, And that's typically what's causing the stress. So I force myself back into it. I make sure that I'm eating enough, number one. I make sure that I'm sleeping enough. If I feel too tired to do something, I don't do it. I sleep and allow myself to just rest. Um, I Exercising for me is just 
crucial to my balance. If I go three weeks without exercising, which is what I did, the um, and why I was just so awful uh, and stressed recently, because I didn't exercise at all. The, the exercise brings endorphins into my brain and makes me feel good. Uh, if I don't do that, I don't have those happy chemicals and I'm stressed and it's not fun. So figure out those basic things. And if you don't know exactly what they are, then try kind of the uh, normal human ones, which is eating, sleeping, um, and moving and see if that helps. (laughs) I agree. Um, So then we're going to kind of go over just a couple of other coping mechanisms that can help with stress management. Um, So those first two that we just went over were like getting really to the the root of the stress and trying to figure out a way to um, knock it out at its root. And then these other ones that we're going to go through now are stress management tools. Like when you're already there, you're already feeling stressed, what can you do to just kind of make it feel a little bit less overwhelming? So do you want to go first Uh, for Lauren? Yeah, I'll – Yeah, I'll go first. So I would say my number one thing is kind of shared, but for me, I was shared between two different things. Sorry, I meant to say that. For me, number one is getting away. And it kind of goes with that escape thing again, but how can I immediately get away safely and just kind of mentally escape? And that is going for a long drive. And what I mean by a long drive is getting in my car and driving until I feel okay again. So that could be five minutes. That could be 20 minutes. That could be an hour. It could be two hours. Like it really doesn't matter just until I feel okay again. And I think the car is such a unique way of escaping because you have endless roads Mm -hmm. and you are in complete control of what happens you're in complete control of what next turn you take you're in complete control of the music the radio and Mm -hmm. what you're listening to you're in complete control of at least in my case the temperature in my car I'm in complete control of what's being said in my car I'm in complete control of all of the noise for the most part I can talk on the phone without anybody else hearing me and it's almost like this little bubble that I can surround myself in where I just I'm alone and I'm free and then the next one I want to just comment on that real quick um yeah So, like, one of the things on that long list of the way that stress presents itself is a sense of being out of control. So that's why Mm -hmm. this is a really useful stress management technique because if that's you, if you're feeling out of control, if you're feeling like you're not in control of things, um, find something that you can control that's healthy for you to control, like being in your car, um, that you can use to manage that particular way of feeling stressed. That was a really good way of bringing it back. (laughs) And then the second thing I would say is talking with my friends or family or therapist about everything that's going on. I sometimes struggle, like I said before, with keeping everything organized and 
in place in my head. So being able to just kind of word vomit and bounce different ideas off of them of what I'm thinking and kind of work through it together, I've found to be really helpful to get myself on track again. Yeah, and that's one of the ones on my list too is seeking out friends and companionship. And for several reasons, that's helpful with stress management. I mean, for what you said with, like, bouncing perspectives off of people is one thing. Um, Another thing is, like, touch. If you're a physical touch kind of person, having a hug or, like, laying on the couch and cuddling with someone can really be a stress management tool. Um, And then also just familiarity. If you're, if you're feeling stressed because things are happening around you that are unfamiliar, like for example, what's going on in my life is I've got a new roommate moving in right now and um, it's that's very stressful for me. Like new change is very stressful. So seeking out things that are familiar, um, like my friends and my family, are really helpful for that type of stress um, as well. Most definitely. I couldn't agree more. And I, you know, I just, I think that having somebody in your life, I'm not one of those people who necessarily finds comfort in physical touch, but (laughs) I know other people who do. And I do, I do enjoy that physicalness of connection. But for me, when I'm stressed, that's not more of a helpful thing so I'm glad that you were able to bring that perspective to the table yeah one hug for me just like melts my stress um and then it looks like we both have this one on our list which is positive self-talk one of the things that again was on that that big list at the beginning was um being unkind to yourself a lot of self-loathing self-criticism um panic attacks things like that and so positive self-talk goes a long way towards managing that type of way that stress presents itself. Um, I have actually a list I think we've talked about in previous episodes of things that I say to myself when I notice those negative thoughts coming into my head. Like, for example, being good enough. And um, but I think that's like one of the biggest ones that humans in general go through is like not feeling good enough. And so when I when I think that to myself and tell myself that I challenge that with I am good enough and here's the evidence like what is the evidence that I'm not good enough it doesn't exist positive yeah, I've, I've really been struggling with that one I would say that one is the largest one as far as my career goes is just struggling with not feeling good enough to pursue anything outside of what I'm trained to do mm-hmm. and I know it's possible I fully know that there are many people out there in this world who do it on a daily basis so there's plenty of reason that I am more than capable of doing it as well I just you know it's that negative self-talk yeah and it may sound like a lie at first like you may be like thinking I'm not well I'm not good enough like why would I tell myself I am um eventually like it's literally rewiring your brain and we've talked about that in previous episodes too you've got to do it um to rewire your brain even though it feels really unnatural for at first just say it and I promise it will help um it may take a little while but you've got to do it um and then like just like a one for me that is unique to me is singing and music I some people write, some people draw, like some sort of expression of creativity can help manage stress. Um, For me, that's singing or writing um, or playing my guitar or listening to music. Some sort of musical thing really helps me manage my stress. Like it's like a distracting type activity. 
Yeah, and I think dancing too. I love dancing and get that gets your body moving along with, you know, music and um, that's a great, great, great stress reliever that I have found and I love just jamming out in my car when I'm going for my long drives. Mm-hmm. Like not only does it get the energy out, but it also, um, like as far as expressing the creativity goes, it gets those buried things uncovered, which it, being stressed can really bury like root causes of things so find your activity to distract you and then find your activity to release that trapped energy i agree so um that's that's about all we got for today yep i hope that that you related to some of those things um if you did think about how they exactly fit into your life like what what things do you do when you're stressed and then what management tools can you use to to handle those different ways that your stress presents itself? Um, I hope that you're less stressed after listening to this, or at least you have the tools now to help yourself um, be less stressed. Yep. You are never alone. Well, we will talk to you uh, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Have a stressless right. bi-weekly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not a sign. Bye, guys. (laughs) Okay, bye.